Good morning. Welcome to Portico. Aren't you glad you're alive today? Amen. Is it cold enough? <laughs> um, I want to say, glad you're here this morning. Thank you for coming. And uh, this is a good day to be here. Uh, this is just a... Uh, this, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're in a fantastic church with a great staff, with a great family, and uh, it's amazing. So give yourself a hymn. Um, if uh, you're here this morning in need of a Bible, why don't you go ahead and just stick up your hand and one of our ushers will put one in so you can follow along. Uh, if you want, you have notes in front of you if you received a bulletin um, and uh, you can follow the notes. If you have a smart device, smartphone or a tablet, you can open up the Version app, and the notes are there as well. And um, we're going to get started here. Um, it is Christmas time. Do you know that? Woohoo! There are some people that are going woohoo, and some of you guys are going, oh my gosh. And that's okay. Um, we've started this series called Simple Christmas, and um, uh, the whole idea is this: is that. Everybody, we all know this. We all know that Christmas has a way of running ahead of us and, and, and just letting, just leaving us behind. If we're not careful, we'll get to the end of this season and we will, uh, we'll be looking back and saying, Oh man, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done this. I wish I had started this tradition with my family. I wish I had, you know, focused more on, on, uh, what Christmas is all about. All those kinds of things. And we're saying, let's take a, let's just stick, take a step back right now and, Let's make sure that we're focusing on what's important. It's not all that complicated, but we can really complicate things if we're not uh, careful. And uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, Christmas just seemed really simple. I mean, I, I remember, you know, some of when I think of Christmas, immediately what I start thinking of is when I was a kid, my sister and I, uh, we would get all of the, uh, we would like basically write schematics of our whole house. And we had this uh, plan of, we would put together this real elaborate plan of, of how we were going to be able to sneak out of our rooms and see the Christmas gifts and everything before, or right after my parents had put it down. As soon as my parents would be sleeping, that we would be running, rushing back out. So we had like floor plans and we had marked all the squeaky boards in our house. You know, we had it on plans and we would, before we went to bed, we would go around and we'd somehow try and mark those places in the house that we knew to avoid them. Stairs that creaked, we made sure we put something on the stair or something so that we would be able to. And I remember one Christmas, uh, we did this every year. And one Christmas, my younger brother, who liked to sleep a lot more than us and didn't really care about getting up early, he we marked every stair in our house, so that we all the ones that creaked, so we knew which ones to be, we would be able to remember which ones to avoid. And my younger brother decided it was going to be funny, and he marked every single stair. He like took the same markings and he, he put it on the whole stairwell. This whole stairwell, I remember being so upset. But Christmas, when you're younger, just seems so simple. I mean, you, you just you know you're going to be with family. You know there's going to be some gifts. You know there's going to be good food. It just seems simple because you're not really doing the work that's making Christmas, right? But simple uh, is not really the way that most of us would define our Christmases, are they? Most of the time, we think about all we have to do. And if something doesn't change, there's a good chance that this Christmas will be like every other Christmas. And if you think about all the things you have to do today or over the next few weeks for Christmas, um, it, it can be a little bit mind-boggling. But if you think about this, uh, that uh, you know, we all have things that we have to do. We have 
uh, gifts to buy, parties to plan, parties to attend. We have small group parties, work parties, church parties, church services, family get-together on this side, family get-together on this side, school concerts, church concerts, outreaches, events. The list just goes on. There's so much to do. And if I stressed any of you out just now, I apologize. But just think about this. We can cram so much into this season. We have so many different traditions that we, that we have uh, that are the circle that kind of encompass this season. And all of them are even good things. All of them are, are, are some of them are, uh, most of them are, are beneficial and, almost, and some of them are just necessary. But even those things have a way, if we're not careful, of, of really clouding what's important about the season. Really clouding about what this time of the year is really all about. If you think about this, what is Christmas really all about? It's this. It's that over 2,000 years ago, God loved us so much that he sent his son to earth as a baby that was to be born to be the savior of the world. To provide a way for you and I to have relationship with him in spite of our sins, in spite of the things we've done wrong. That a people that rejected him would have access to him. That's what this is about. That's what Christmas is all about. But yet, if we really look at what Christmas season is in our lives in the past, much of the time it's clouded by all these other traditions that squeeze what's important out. Or what's important becomes kind of an add-on. just kind of filling in the gaps of the other plans that we've made. But Christmas is supposed to be about Jesus. It's supposed to be about who he is and what he did. So really, when we come and we celebrate, what are we really celebrating? We're, we're celebrating a God that loved us so much that he gave. And what should be happening is that you and I should be taking time to really reflect on who he is. To really reflect on what it meant for a father to send his only son to give up his life. What you and I should be really doing is celebrating what that means for our lives and the salvation that we have and the freedom that we have all because of him and because of what he has done. But yet, so much of the time, that gets kind of minimized and squished and compressed so that we can fit in all the other, what I call, fluff of Christmas. So today, what we're saying is this. Let's get down to what's really important, the simplicity of what Christmas is supposed to be about. It's about Jesus. It's about a baby that was born so long ago. Born to be a sacrifice for you and for me. That's what Christmas is about. So today what we're doing is we're saying, okay, what is it that we can trim off so that we're focusing and making sure we're doing what we're supposed to do? And if you were here last week, then you were talking, you heard Pastor Jeff, uh, he was talking about, uh, about spending less and the whole idea about, um, about uh, you know, sometimes be feeling pressured about the gifts, about giving gifts to people and, 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 and just spending way too much. And, and, and if that's the case, if you are doing that, then there's a really good chance if you're spending too much, then you're spending too much time spending too much, right? And so what we're saying is this, let's make sure that today that we are spending the time that God would want us to spend to celebrate and to think about this the right way. 
And um, today, uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to look at two different groups of men, uh, that uh, two, two different groups of people from the very first Christmas story and how they made time for Jesus. And the first one we're going to look at today is uh, the wise men. If you want to open your Bible to Matthew chapter 2, and if you want to at the same time, if you want to flip over to Luke chapter 2, uh, we'll, be, we'll be looking there for the second group. But um, the first group is the wise men. It starts Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And it says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them exactly the time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So... The Magi, um, the wise men, the three kings, we, we've got several names we call them. And a lot of really smart people have a lot of really smart sounding things to say about these guys. But here's what we know about the Magi. We don't know a lot about the Magi. Um, they are, uh, you know, it, it's, it, like I said, there's a lot of just opinions and a lot of things that people say. And there's some conclusions that can be drawn. Most people think that they were probably from Persia. Um, uh, and um, we know that they came from the east, which is a very vague description of origin. Uh, that's a very big picture. Um, but they saw, we, knew that, we know this, that they saw this star that rose, and they knew the prophecies that they had heard about the baby that was to be born that would become the Messiah. And so they dropped what they were doing, and they went on a long journey. They went on this huge trip. But it wasn't this spur-of-the-moment road trip. Like maybe some of you have done. I remember when I was in high school, some of our friends, we decided that we had been talking and hearing about this racetrack in a city called Flat Rock, which is a little bit, an hour and a half or two hours away from where we were. And they had this, they had a lot of different races, but one of the races they did was called, um, it was a figure eight track. So that meant that the cars had the possibility of smashing in the middle. And so we thought, that sounds awesome. And so... So we, we decided one day, we're like trying to find something to do. And we said, let's, hey, let's go to Flat Rock. So we jumped in the car, loaded up, drove, just spur of the moment, just taking off and going, stopping and getting food on the way. And we uh, got there just in time to see that everybody who was there was exiting. So we were pulling in, the only car trying to pull into this place with thousands of people coming out. And uh, it was a very ill-planned spur of the moment road trip. But that, that wasn't the way that these guys were operating. Um, these guys were on a journey. 
You know, sometimes we read the words that we just read and it sounds like they just said, hey, let's go follow the star, just took off and then a few days later they were there, maybe even at the end of the week. But it's not really like that. Most likely, most likely this trip took them months, maybe even up to a year. If you think about this, when they went to King Herod and he found out, when he, when he heard that they were there, what did he do? He asked them, hey, when did you see the star, right? And they, said, they, they told him when they had seen it. And then later on, if you, if, you, if you keep reading in, what does Herod do then? Herod has every, uh, every child that's two years and younger killed, right? To trying to wipe out baby Jesus. And so most likely... Most likely that, that that baby was was not an infant when they got there. Most likely he was probably older, maybe even over a year old. And Herod was trying to make sure he got him. And so he said, two years and under, let's just get rid of them all. So there's a good chance they were on this journey for a long time, maybe even over a year. And you don't plan a journey in, in this terrain, in this area of the world. You don't just plan a journey spur of the moment, just take off. There's, you have to have rations of food and you have to plan the right way and plan out your trip. What I'm saying is this is that these men were very intentional about what they were doing. They weren't just saying, hey, let's just go haphazardly, just take off and go. No, they, were, they had to map it out. They had to plan. They had to, to get, uh, make arrangements and, and think through and plan very carefully. They had to be very intentional about what they're doing. I'm going to leave you two thoughts today. And the first one is this, intentional. How can you be intentional about the time you make to celebrate what Christmas is really all about. How can you be intentional about focusing on what's really important this Christmas season? If, if we're not intentional, we end up at the end of the season and we say, oh, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have started this tradition with my kids. I wish I would have infused in what we, how we celebrated the Christmas story and what's really all about. I wish that I had passed on to them what was really important about the season. If we're not intentional about what we do this holiday, it'll go by, it'll be done, and we'll have done a lot of really great things and, and been with family and that's all great, but we'll miss out on some really great opportunities about really celebrating what the holiday is really about what our whole faith is really all about intentional how can you be intentional uh this christmas season um how can we carve out time to reflect on what really what it really means what jesus really did about what it really means for us personally how can we carve out time to to give there was a lot of people this weekend and there will be tonight who carved out intentional time to serve this last weekend with uh, the uh, the seniors uh, center and uh, and the, you'll hear a little bit later uh, about all that they the tannery gate and just a lot of different things. There was a lot of people. Some of you carved out time. You were intentional about about really making sure that you were giving and doing things that were that were really pointing towards what Christmas is all about. How can you be intentional about taking time to share with your kids and pass on to your kids, your families? what Christmas is really all about. Intentional. How can you make time? Uh, The second group we're going to look at, if you want to flip back to Luke chapter 2, we're going to read starting at verse 8. The second group people we're going to look at is the shepherds. Um, And it reads here, starting uh, Luke 2 chapter chapter 2, starting at verse 8, it says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, 
Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds. So listen to this. Um, probably most of you or a lot of you have had time camping or around a fire. Um, this is kind of the picture that I, uh, that I kind of have painted in my eyes about what's in my head about uh, how this looked. So you know that those days when you just work so hard that you get home and you are just ready to just be off your feet. Your feet up, just resting in bed. You're ready to go to bed. You don't want to do anything else. These guys had a tough job. They're on their feet. They're with smelly animals all day long. And they're, they're, they're tired. They're worn out. They, um, they have the sheep, uh, you know, in a safe place. They make a fire. They're sitting around this fire and they're, they're, they're keeping warm, probably telling some stories about what had happened or about things they had seen or jokes. I don't know what they, what they were. Maybe they were funny shepherds. That's a good thought though, right? I mean, maybe they were, one of them was probably a comedian. There's always one, right? When you're on the fire, that's got a really funny story. Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, so they're sitting there and they're around this fire and all of a sudden, the plan of just going to sleep, this, the, the plan of just resting and not doing anything is completely interrupted by this angel that comes out of nowhere. Interrupted is the second thought I want to leave you with. Think about this. Interrupted. The shepherds are there. They have, they're ready to go to bed. They're done with the day. And God comes, which in the way he most often does at the time that's most what we feel inconvenient, isn't it? He comes, he has this big plan. He says, listen, go and find the baby that will be the Messiah. God interrupts their plans. He interrupts their schedule. He comes in when they have something that they're doing and he says, boom, here it is. I need you to do this. Go and find this baby. He will, he's born to be the Messiah. I don't know about you, but I don't like being interrupted. (laughs) I like when I have a schedule, I like to keep it. When I've, when I've, when I've got a plan, I like to keep it, right? Like, uh, we're, we're on, we're on a mission. We're, 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 we're on a trip. We're going and, and no kids. We're not stopping to go to the bathroom. Hold it. We're going to keep moving. We've got a mission. We've got a plan. All the guys here are going, that's right. We move on. We got a mission. We do this. I don't like being interrupted. And maybe these guys were like that as well. I don't know. But imagine you in the day when you are the tiredest and you have done so much and the day is done and you're just ready to just be done. And all of a sudden God comes and he interrupts your plan for whatever it is or however you're going to spend the rest of your evening uh, relaxing and taking it easy. And God says, I need you. How do you react this Christmas season if at the busiest moment of your holiday, God says, I need you. 
How will you react to the interruption that he makes in your life? Because it never comes at a convenient time. It never comes in the plan of your schedule that just seems where you got some downtime or you're looking for something to do. But think about this. Because there's a good chance that this Christmas season that God has plans to interrupt your schedule. Maybe he has a neighbor that is in need. And he says, I need you to take care of them. Maybe he has a friend that, that calls you and you haven't heard from him in a long time and they need somebody, somebody to be a listening ear for them. Maybe you, you have somebody that you're going to come in contact with that has no other family and no place to go on Christmas. I don't know what that plan will look like, what his plans look like for you this Christmas season. But what will you do when he interrupts your schedule? Well, how will you react when he says, I need you? Because most likely, he has those kind of plans for you. And it will be up to you, just like the, wise, the, 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 the shepherds here, to decide what do you do. The shepherds, the Bible says that the shepherds got up and said, let's go and let's find them. And they got up in the middle of the night and they took off and they, they, they walked and searched until they found the baby Jesus. What will your reaction be when God interrupts your plans? Because he most certainly wants to use you this Christmas season. However that looks like in your context, in your life. So here's what I'm saying. Will you allow God to interrupt your plans for something bigger and for something greater? These shepherds must have believed that there was some, something more valuable than the sleep that they were going to be missing out on. Do you have the faith to believe that God has plans for you that are more valuable than whatever you could put together this Christmas season, no matter how great of a Christmas party you plan? Does God want to use you to reach out to somebody who's in need or to be there for somebody or any range of things he could use you for this, this Christmas season? Will you allow God to interrupt your plans and be the person he needs at any given moment? Because that's, that's what this is about. That's what Christmas is about. Time for us to reflect and time for us to show people who don't know the love that we're talking about, the love that gave to people who didn't deserve. Will you allow God to interrupt your plans? This Christmas, um, will you be intentional about making time for what is important and be mindful of God's interruptions? Will you plan to make time for him and allow for him to interrupt your plans? Because God has great things in store for you this Christmas season. And it's not just about the fun traditions. It's about his church, his body, showing the love of Christ, the reason for this holiday that we celebrate this whole month. Um, as this is my last time to address you as a pastor on staff here at Portico. Um, I want to just thank you uh, for loving us, for taking us in, for allowing us to serve you and your families. 
Um, you have all been so good to us, and um, we love each and every one of you. And uh, Pastor Doug has been uh, the best pastor I've ever served under, and uh, his friendship means the world to me. And so I thank you, Pastor Doug, for allowing me to be here. And um, uh, I, want, I want you guys to know that you have an amazing pastor here, and uh, you do. So I'm going to pray for you, if that's okay, if you can just uh, bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for uh, placing them right here in this city at this time for your impact. And I thank you for um, all of the things that have happened this weekend and the outreaches and and over the years. and, And I thank you, more importantly, for what's to come. And I pray, God, that you would just continue to guide and lead the leadership of this church and use your people to reach your community, to reach your world. We love you, God, and um, we thank you so much. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. And let the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.